The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Podcast One MN. It's below zero temperatures in the 1950s. You're running out of food. You have limited ammunition. And your leader steps up to address you. They're in front of us, behind us, and we're flanked on both sides by an enemy that outnumbers us 29 to 1. I don't know about you, but there's no misunderstandings. There's no misinterpretations. That is crystal clear communication. But Chesty didn't end it there. He knew the times were tough. He knew the challenges were great. And he added seven words. Seven words that transformed crystal clear communication to dynamic communication. And he added this. They can't get away from us now. Inspiring. Inspiring. Empowering. Empowering. With the concepts shared by Eric Thurwinger, you can reach your goals and achieve greater results. Think Think great. great. Your pathway to success. Ready to get started? Hey everybody, this is Eric Thurwinger and I want to welcome you back to another awesome episode of Think Great, Your Pathway to Success. You know, before we get started, I want to remind you, you can go to Podcast One and check us out. You can go to my website, thinkgreat90.com, or you can check us out on iTunes. And as a reminder, I want to let you know that this is not my podcast, this is yours. These are the steps that we're going to be taking to help you on your pathway to success. In fact, I'm 100% committed to that journey. This podcast is all about your personal transformation, your ability to help accomplish any goal you set. As a professional speaker, I'm asked to share life-changing, career-changing concepts with business leaders across the country. And the most requested topic I receive is leadership. So today, I'm going to share some gold nuggets on how to start your leadership quest, how to gain the skills necessary to enhance your pathway to success By empowering you as a leader. Did you know that most businesses spend less than 1% of their training time dedicated to leadership? But that's usually from an HR perspective. They train on how to hire, how to fire, policies and procedures. But that's not pure leadership. I want to talk to you today about what it means to be a leader. I want to talk about inspiration. I want to talk about motivation. I want to talk about delegation. I want to talk about communication. I want to talk about elevation. That's what I'm talking about. So today we'll discuss some of the concepts from my book, The Leadership Connection. And one thing I always tell business leaders, it does not matter what industry you're in. You could be in the broadcast industry, the construction industry, the retail industry, manufacturing, food, medical, it doesn't matter. As a leader, you are in the people business. And I believe that most people want to be great leaders. They just don't know where to start. They've never been developed as leaders. Did you know that right now, if you went to Google, there's over 750 million searches leadership results that will come back did you know if you go to amazon there's over a hundred thousand resources on leadership so i know that people are striving to be greater leaders they just don't always know where to start in fact if you looked up leadership on an online dictionary it's in the top one percent of words searched so i'm going to share those gold nuggets on leading people on how to accomplish things through the efforts of others in 1987 i began a new pathway in my life i began a leadership journey as I stepped off of the bus at the Marine Corps Recruiting Depot in San Diego. I can't even tell you the names that they referred to us, so I'll just call it recruit. We hadn't earned the title of Marine yet. So the dichotomy of the Marine Corps, the interesting part about that military journey was even though I hadn't earned the title of Marine, I was being developed as a leader just a few days in. I learned so much about leadership through that journey. In fact, I learned the difference between leadership 
and management. One of the concepts that you hear tossed around almost interchangeably these days, leadership and management. In fact, I can tell when I'm going to start working with a client when they say things to me like, I'm having trouble managing my team. My question is, why are you managing them? What if you could define the difference between management and leadership? And I've got nothing against managers. I've been a shift manager. I've been a vault manager. I've been many different types of managers, but I was wrapped in leadership. I was wrapped and focused on the people side of the business. Because as I said before, leadership is not about what you get. It's about who you become. So when I went into the Marine Corps, when I enlisted, when I graduated from boot camp, I went to school. I was trained as an air traffic controller. And I was up in the tower at the air station in Yuma, Arizona. And I learned up there one of my first lessons in leadership. I learned the difference between leadership and management. We had a lot to manage up there. We had flight plans. We had schedules. We had inspections to manage. But we had people to lead. It was right there that I discovered the difference between leadership and manage. Manage the work and lead people. I work with so many business leaders who struggle in leadership. They face so many challenges. And what are some of the challenges that leaders face? Well, they face poor communication. There's a lot of he said, she said in the office. They face issues of team morale, how to get people fully engaged. There's a lack of initiative. People are always waiting to be told what to do. They're not doing what needs to be done without being told. There's failed delegation so many times. I work with leaders that have delegated out tasks and it comes back to them in worse shape than it left. In fact, they'll say things like, if I want something done right, and I know you're filling in the blanks, I'll do it myself. And that is not a statement about the poor quality of the team member's performance, but rather about the leadership skills of the leader who delegated out the task, but failed to delegate the authority. And last but not least, a lot of leaders experience subpar results. Interesting, a study came out saying that about 85% of the challenges leaders face are people problems, not process problems. Poor communication, team morale, lack of initiative, failed delegation, subpar results. Those are people, not process. So what if you really embrace the idea that you're in the people business? What if you become someone who inspires people, who motivates people, who clearly communicates with people? What if you become somebody who can delegate properly? Well, you may become that leader that experiences high levels of communication, high levels of team morale, great initiative, proper delegation, and greater results. So that's why we focus on leadership. You know, Gallup did a poll that said 72% of team members today, including most leaders, are not engaged in their work. They literally said that these team members are sleepwalking through work. Can you imagine trying to achieve greater results with 72% of your team sleepwalking through work. Worse than that, they said 18% of team members are actively undermining their coworkers. That's almost one in five people trying to bring down the morale of the rest of the team. And why? To create a culture that serves them, not the good of the team. And one in four people are actively seeking a new job. Can you imagine trying to achieve greater results with those statistics? It's virtually impossible. So at the media company in Southern California, even though I started off entry level there, I rose to a position of leadership and we began 
with the owner's orders of doubling sales. He wanted to double sales. He believed that he could. I said, before we start anything with sales, let's start with our people. Let's build them as leaders. Let's plant leadership seeds in them and create a foundation of leadership that we can build anything upon. So before we achieved 300% growth, we built leaders. We developed leaders, people who could raise up other people. Hey, everybody, it's Eric. I just wanted to share some great information with you. You can go to our website, www.thinkgreat90.com. Scroll down to the bottom, and you can register for our Great Thought of the Week, a weekly inspirational message I send out to help you on your pathway to success. Now back to the podcast. So what happens when a leader focuses on creating engaged team members? An engaged team member immediately starts to have 20% greater performance than his disengaged team member. Engaged teams are 31% higher in productivity. They produce 37% higher sales, and they create 300% more innovative ideas. In fact, they say that companies that have engaged teams achieve up to 202% greater results. When you have results like that, you have high levels of morale. You have team members who want to be there. You've impacted the lives of the people in your organization. But you can't manage your way there. You have to lead your way there. And so today we're going to talk about the difference between position and purpose. Because in this country, most people are promoted to the position of a leader. But they've never been developed and trained on what the purpose of a leader is. Wouldn't it make more sense to fulfill a purpose rather than a position? Wouldn't you have greater results? Of course. And so today, in the limited time we have together, I'm going to touch down on some very important concepts. I'm going to touch down on the purposes of a leader because we have four elite purposes, four things we strive for every single day, or at least we should. And that's to enhance perceptions. We've got to get people to see things differently. We've got to elevate priorities. If everything's important, nothing is. Leaders know how to elevate those priority objectives and move those to the front. Third, we need to empower people. As leaders, I said it before, we accomplish things through the efforts of others We've got to teach them how to get empowered and engaged and take initiative. And last but not least, we all have to make a commitment to exceed expectations. Why be average? Why be status quo when you could be status quo? But you can't do that with management. You can do that by leading with a purpose. So today I'm going to touch down on how to define leadership in your organization. I'm going to touch down how to become a dynamic communicator the importance of setting important goals and how to create a unifying culture. And I think you'll agree those four topics may help to elevate your organization to all new levels. All right, so the first step is to define leadership. I believe that if you can't define it, It's hard to achieve it. Would you agree with that? So when I walk in and I see a client and I go into their board meeting and I've got five to seven leaders sitting around a table, all from the same company, I hand out a high-tech leadership analysis tool. It's called a three-by-five card. Maybe you've heard of those. And when I pass those out, I ask each leader at the table to tell me what it means to be a leader in this company. So if I have seven leaders at a table, how many different definitions of leadership do you think I get back? And if you said seven, you're right. And so in most organizations, the leaders struggle to identify what it means to be a leader, but they wonder, 
why they're having different leadership results. So one of the first steps I encourage all companies to do is to define what it means to be a leader in their organization. Now, if you looked up leadership in the dictionary, it will actually tell you that leadership is holding the office or position of a leader. So that doesn't really tell us a lot. So the more important question is not what is leadership, but what does it mean to be a leader? And more importantly, what does it mean to be a leader in your company, in your organization? And so directly from my book, I'm going to share with you how I define what it means to be a leader at Think Rate. You can write every single word down. You can cut and paste. You can go to page 10 of my book and use this as your definition. But I want to encourage you as leaders to unify your entire leadership team under a shared definition and be unwavering on what it means to be a leader. So here's how I define what it means to be a leader at Think Great. In my opinion, a leader is a person who clearly outlines a specified destination. Well, let's just stop there for a second. If I'm expecting that people follow me, their first question to me is always, where are we going? So as a leader, I need to be able to answer that clearly. I need to be able to answer that quickly. I need to be able to share that with them empoweringly. So a person who clearly outlines a specified destination, come on, we're going over here, and guides people there by course correcting. In other words, I don't just tell somebody where we're going and hope they make it. I help them to get there. I course correct them. And together, we follow that pathway to our destination. Let me start over. A person who clearly outlines a specified destination and guides people there by course correcting and adhering to the greater purpose behind the goals necessary for success. And there it is again. I'm going to almost guarantee that every single podcast that you hear, the pathway to your success is going to touch down on goals, the importance of goals, and your role with accomplishing goals. So that's what it means to be a leader. But having the definition is only the first step. Now, I don't know how old your organization is, your company is, but the Marine Corps was founded on November 10th, 1775 in Philadelphia at a place called Tun Tavern. Yes, your United States Marine Corps was founded in a bar. That explains a lot. Um, Nevertheless, the Marines are synonymous with accomplishing the mission. They're synonymous with dedication. They're synonymous with loyalty. Great haircuts and great uniforms, too. But they have adhered to 14 leadership traits. And, you know, when I go into companies and I say, what are your leadership traits? They struggle to define them. They struggle to share them, which means that they struggle to empower their teams with them and to hold those team members up to those expectations. And so what you find is that when they don't have the definition, when they don't have the traits, they tend to promote people to a position rather than a purpose. And so I say, do you mind if I share the 14 leadership traits of the Marine Corps? And sometimes leaders will tell me, well, I don't know if military leadership traits will work here. I said, why don't I just share them with you? Why don't you just tell me which ones don't apply here? In typical Marine Corps fashion, it's actually an acronym. And I learned this in the first few days of boot camp. JJ did tie buckle. So simple. 14 leadership traits. They could have chose any they wanted, and they chose 14 to guide their Marines as leaders. Justice, judgment, dependability, initiative. Here it is again. Decisiveness. Tact. You want to solve communication problems, don't just be a better communicator. 
Learn how to deliver the message with the right tact. Integrity, enthusiasm. I'm going to actually circle back to enthusiasm in a minute. Bearing, unselfishness, courage, knowledge, loyalty, and endurance. 14 leadership traits that the Marines are unwavering on. What are you unwavering on? I wanted to circle back on enthusiasm. August 2nd, 1990, I was a day away from being 21. So I was pretty excited. I was going to go out and buy my first beer. I mean, it wasn't my first beer, but it was the first beer I could legally buy. So I was pretty excited about it. But something happened in our world on August 2nd, 1990, and it wasn't just the world getting ready for my birthday. There was a little country called Kuwait. And on that day, they got invaded by another country called Iraq. I went from working in a peacetime organization to working in a wartime organization. Oh, yeah. One of the 14 leadership traits is enthusiasm. No Marine leader in the history of the Marine Corps has ever said, let's cut it down to 13 traits when we go to war. You don't need to be enthusiastic, Marine. In fact, leaders know how to focus on those traits when their team members need them the most. So I often ask my audiences, what in the world could I have been enthusiastic about as we prepared to go to war, as they sent us out into the Yuma Desert, 120-degree heat, and gassed us because the enemy said he was going to gas us when we get there? What could we possibly be enthusiastic about? Our leaders found those hot buttons. They knew the buttons to push. For starters, we took an oath to our country. I was enthusiastic about that. I was enthusiastic about our great nation. I was enthusiastic about the Marine Corps. I was enthusiastic about winning. But there were two Marines that they pointed out. Two Marines that I was always enthusiastic about at all times. They were always on the forefront of my thoughts. And that was the Marine to my left and the Marine to my right. And I will never forget them re-emphasizing that to us. Especially as times were tough. Especially during that level of training. In that intense heat. In gas. You may not have circumstances like that, but you can certainly, as leaders, focus on the traits that support your definition of what it means to be a leader in your organization. That is powerful stuff right there. That will give you an edge. In fact, I have a client in Minneapolis, and they are a restaurant chain. They are known for serving amazing burgers, amazing beer. I frequent them often to support my client, of course. And this past year, they experienced 323% growth. They're doing a lot of great things. But they have also embraced some of the think great concepts on their pathway to success. In fact, the owner said, we are no longer a restaurant. We are a leadership development company. He transformed the essence of his company and he put the onus on the people. Now he has the results and now another location is coming and another restaurant is coming. Another concept restaurant is coming. When you focus on leadership, you can exceed possibilities. Let's talk about communication. Not only is it in the top five challenges that leaders face, but when I go in and I meet with leaders and I begin to discuss with them the solutions for their success, it ultimately comes back on their ability to communicate and not just have crystal clear communication, but dynamically communicate the message of their organization in a way that empowers people in a way that impacts people. Because for us, as leaders, it's not just okay to get the message out there. It's how we deliver it. We've got to do more than just dialogue. We've got to empower. We've got to engage. And so I want to share a story real quick. 
I want to share a story about dynamic communication that started off as crystal clear communication. And I want you to role play with me for a second. I want you to imagine that you're 18 years old and you're in the Marine Corps. And you have been sent thousands of miles away. You're in combat, about to engage the enemy. How important is the message from your leader at that point? When times are tough, teams need to hear from their leaders. But let me paint a different picture. You're in Korea at the Chosen Reservoir. It's below zero temperatures in the 1950s. You're running out of food. You have limited ammunition. And you've got gear from the 50s. It's cold. You're scared. And your leader steps up to address you. And that leader was Chesty Puller, Lewis B. Puller, the most decorated Marine in Marine Corps history, a Marine's Marine, a true leader. And he addressed his Marines. And he delivered crystal clear communication to them. And he said, Marines, they're in front of us, behind us, and we're flanked on both sides by an enemy that outnumbers us 29 to 1. I don't know about you, but there's no misunderstandings. There's no misinterpretations. That is crystal clear communication. How would you feel right now if you were that young Marine and that was the message that your leader delivered to you? You probably feel scared, nervous, like you're not going to go home. But Chesty didn't end it there. He knew the times were tough. He knew the challenges were great. And he added seven words. Seven words that transformed crystal clear communication to dynamic communication And he added this, they can't get away from us now. And the Marines that were there fought. And they fought to go to a specific destination. And they destroyed seven battalions of enemy soldiers. In fact, I have a neighbor, four doors down from me, who was there. And at the Marine Corps birthday this year, on November 10th, I sat with two other old Marines who were there. Would they have been there if it was just crystal clear communication? If they were just outnumbered 29 to 1? Or did Chesty get in their head and empower them and engage them and impact them and cause them to fight through the challenges and make it home? In fact, if you go back to the definition of what is a leader, it is a person who clearly outlines a specified destination. I know for a fact Chesty did not say, let's win this battle so we can get promoted and make more money. Let's win this battle so we can get more medals. He said, I want to get you home. He gave them a reason to fight. So leaders, let me ask you this. When the chips are down, when the challenges are great, when your team needs to hear from you the most, what are your seven words? What do you say to inspire them? What do you say to empower them? What do you say to get them to fight on? All right, leaders, so we have scratched the surface on defining leadership and talking a little bit about becoming a dynamic communicator. And now we're going to talk about the importance of goals. I like to think of a leader without goals as a ladder without the steps. It is impossible to go up. It is impossible to elevate. Leaders have to have goals, but leaders have to understand the power of goals, the way it inspires people, the way it gives hope, the way it shapes them, the way it creates engagement, empowerment. What are your goals? What are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? What are your personal goals? When I was the VP of the media company, our 
company had goals. We had financial goals, customer goals, team member goals. We had operational goals and marketing goals and community goals, all the goals that companies have. But that's not the goals that I found that inspired our team the most, that would get them to take initiative, that would get them to do what it takes to get the job done. And those goals are their own personal goals. I could push those hot buttons if I could earn their trust as a leader and understand the goals that were the most important to them. Maybe their goal was paying off debt. Maybe their goal was buying a home or retiring their spouse or putting their kid into a private school. Whatever that goal was, I needed to know it because it meant something to me. Their goals were my goals. Our company was a vehicle for them to arrive at their goals. That's how important goals are. But here's the issue with goals. For most of us, our only experience in the goal-setting realm is New Year's resolutions. Did you know that studies show that over 50% of Americans set New Year's resolutions every year, about 100 million Americans? And here's the top three that they set. I want to lose more weight, I want to make more money, and I want to spend more time with family. Three life-changing resolutions if they could resolve them. So here's the sad part. Within two weeks, by January 14th, 50% have stopped working on those life-changing resolutions. That's 50 million people that have tossed in the towel. By January 21st, over 90 million people have tossed in the towel. And before the month is complete, before February rolls around, almost every single person has stopped. They never even made it into the second month. And these are the people that you want to help you build your company and accomplish company goals. So what's needed? Leaders, we have to focus on something new. We need a formula for accomplishing goals, for setting and accomplishing goals, no matter what circumstances we face. In fact, we have to change the perceptions of goal setting. Most people have set goals and failed enough times that they stop setting goals. So one of the perceptions that we need to change, that we need to enhance, is the perception about setting goals. In fact, I want to share a story from boot camp. I was 18 years old. It was the first night of boot camp. And it was about two in the morning. And I was sitting up in my bunk. I was thinking, what did I do? And I looked out and I started to get scared. What if I couldn't accomplish this goal of becoming a Marine? What if I couldn't do all the mental and physical challenges ahead of me? And then I started to think more and more about it. And the other 50 guys in the platoon, they were all asleep. Or I don't know, maybe they were up a little scared too. Maybe it wasn't just me. But I started to think if those guys could do it, I could do it. And I started to think that not only was our platoon going to graduate, but when we graduated, six other platoons in the company would graduate. That's 300 Marines. And there's another boot camp in Paris Island, not just in San Diego, across the country. Well, that's 600 Marines a week graduating. If they could do it, I could do it. And then I started to do the math, and I empowered myself by thinking, since the day I was born, about a half a million people have graduated as Marines. If they could do it, I could do it. And so I had to change that perception. And in my first book, The Goal Formula, I talk about that. It's a very simple concept. If you take your top three goals right now, they could be personal or professional. Someone else with tougher circumstances has already accomplished that. That's not to undermine the challenges you have. That's to empower you you can do it too. In fact, the very first goal I had in my company when I started Think Great was to write a book. But I didn't know how to write a book. I didn't have a publisher. I didn't have an editor. And so my mind started to get filled with these fears. What if my book wasn't going to work out? 
What if I couldn't accomplish that goal? I actually made a list of all the things that could go wrong. What if my book sucks? What if I can't get an editor? What if I can't get somebody to design the cover? What if somebody says I don't like it? What if I don't have enough content? And then I found a hero. And then I found someone else who had done it. In fact, she did it with worse circumstances than I faced. She was born in 1880. But when you start to think about it, how many challenges did this woman have that I didn't have? She was born before women had the right to vote. She was born before the internet was created. But she had other challenges too. She was deaf, she was blind, and she was mute. But Helen Keller did more than write one book. She wrote 12. And that empowered me. That inspired me. And I actually printed off a picture of her face and I put it on my desk next to the list of my excuses. And I knew I had to keep one on there and get rid of one. And when I put her picture up there, I was embarrassed of my excuses. So I threw them out. And I realized that no matter what goal you set, you have two options, success and failure. And if you remove the options for failure, all you have left are the steps to success. Wow. A pathway to your success. If you just take the steps. And so I did write that book. And I've just finished my sixth book. And if Helen Keller were here today, if she could see me, if she could hear me, if she could talk to me, and I told her, Helen, I just finished my sixth book. She would say, eh, see me at 13. All right, here's our final focus for today, leaders. On your pathway to success is developing a unifying culture. Leaders focus heavily on culture. In the Marine Corps, culture was called esprit de corps. That's how important it was for us. But you have to develop that culture. You have to enhance that culture. You have to foster an environment for growth because that is what your culture is. It's your environment. Everything good and bad grows in your environment. Think of your business. Think of your organization as a greenhouse. And you are growing plants in there. Something attacks the plants, you've got to fight back. You cannot let that happen. But most leaders walk away and say, well, I don't want to deal with conflict. You've got to protect the environment. And people often say, how do I do that? What can I control? What can my team control? How can we make an impact in our culture? And I'm going to share with you the vows of leadership, A, E, I, O, and U. Every single person in your organization can protect the environment, can enhance it. They bring in their A game, their attitude, a commitment to excellence, initiative. They can have an outcome and they can be unwavering. Leaders have a purpose for everything that we do. Where your culture is right now is a direct reflection on your tolerance for poor performance. You have got to raise the bar, leaders. You've got to create and develop a unifying culture that empowers and engages your team. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on Think Great, Your Pathway to Success. For more information on my book, The Leadership Connection, visit us at thinkgreat90.com. Don't forget, embrace the day and think great.